podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. So it's uh, all for play for still? I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Hello again, it's us, and we're back with a, with a post-match uh, chat about that. And I thoroughly enjoyed the last uh, 90 to whatever, 100 minutes um, of watching football that we just saw there, Paddy. Um, uh, great to see it back. And you know what? It's great to see it back in a sun-drenched drenched stadium there. It just looked it looked great. It looked like a great family day out. It looked like uh, people who were there had great fun because Aston Villa, well, any Aston Villa fans that were there had great fun because Aston Villa... Uh, were four nil winners against Walsall at the best cut. Think it's safe to say, Neil, we're going to win the league. We're, it's, yeah, we're going to win all the leagues. We're going to win all the leagues. And the Papa yeah, John's no, look, it was uh, going to win. exactly what you said. It was a bit of a, a bit of a family atmosphere. It was good crack. Um, they were singing songs about the Troyalists. They were singing songs about Tabby Abraham. It was a bit of crack. Um, uh, the players acquitted himself fairly well um, and we don't seem to have any injuries and I think that's the most important thing now today. Yeah, and for anyone who, who joined us for the team sheet tantrum, if you didn't, you can watch it back. It was actually quite fun showing, you know, a lot of the things that we discussed in it. I'm not going to say that, well, we didn't want anything, it wasn't that we discussed things that came true, but a couple of the points that we discussed in the team sheet tantrum, they were really interesting because uh, I think there were nice talking points in the first half. And let's start with the first half because uh, we like to do things in chronological order sometimes, at least. Um okay. If we can, yeah. So I suppose after the team sheet tantrum, there was a little bit of a dummy team was named. Uh, if there's any, if there's any Irish fans, any Irish GA fans here, there's always every summer there's always controversy over teams naming their team and then a completely different team being played, and it, it, the the old fellas get really annoyed at that because um, because uh, they don't know who's playing. But um, uh, Seb Revan started at left back instead of Ben Crisene. Uh, and um, I thought he, I thought he acquitted himself really well. I was actually really yeah. impressed. He stuck to the right winger for the first half, and I was, uh, I was looking at him going, completely forgot all about this guy. He had a really good game against Liverpool in the in the FA Cup, if I'm not mistaken, and um, was was pretty was pretty well thought of. A couple of loan moves, if I'm not mistaken, that didn't work out for him, and his brother being released recently, Dominic Revan, I suppose, really someone who's gone under the radar, but uh, really good. Uh, Really good first forty-five minutes for him in, in in preseason. Paddy, who do you? Um, we, we also spoke about Finazaz. How did you feel he went? He was somebody I was really looking forward to to, to seeing. Yeah, didn't didn't see enough of the ball um, that I would have hoped to, to see him on. Um, but absolutely nothing to complain about. Um, you you got to bear in mind with all the comments we make, the opposition that we're up against is 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 lower league. So um, take everything with a pinch of salt that you saw today. Um, with the exception of someone I might give out about at the end, but we'll get to that. Um, so I, yeah, Seb Revan, I, I thought he was excellent. Um, very composed, very grown up performance. Um, which was the complete opposite to what was happening on the other uh, full back position, where we had uh, Kane Kessler Hayden absolutely flying into everything, Kamikaze <laughs> completely out times. of completely out of position at yeah. times, and. Uh, yeah, that, that was a bit of a difficult watch for me because I expected him to be 
a little bit more um, reserved, let's say. So, uh, and look, we, we we were texting during the during the game that we had said previously on this podcast that we saw him more as a winger than than a than a fullback, and that might still be the case. But uh, you know, he's enthusiastic. He's good. He played a great ball in for the goal, but his positional sense just seems to be that little bit uh, off. Well- <laughs> <laughs> I'm I'm gonna and because because I'm gonna talk about it now. I think now is probably as good a time as any. Then instead of going down through through each individual player, we'll take a little interjection mm. because I saw a different setup from Aston Villa today. Um, I saw a different setup, but I saw some things that have obviously carried over from last season. And the having one side of the field bomb massively forward was definitely uh, something I saw. And I think that they chose Ken Kessler Hayden to do it. In this, our, our Ken Kessler, as he seems to just be going by, and for us, for me, it's easier to just say Ken Kessler. Um, if he doesn't mind me dropping the head in part, if he's doing it in the back of his shirt or if he's doing it in the team sheet, I'm going doing it here too. But I think it was just easier for him because he does have that in his locker uh, to go up and down the field, and he's obviously more experienced at senior level than Seb Revan. So I think maybe that's why they took the opportunity to do that because in the second half they took the opportunity to do that with Ben Crisene. And uh, he definitely got up and down the field. He was actually cutting inside Philip Lamb style and taking the ball through the middle at times in the second half as well. So um, so that was really interesting, interesting to see. So I wonder, was he just told, listen, pin your ears back and just see what you can do up and down there and, and, uh, and we'll cover you. Because I text you as well, Paddy. What I was really, I was absolutely delighted to see in both halves was Nakamba slotting in very much so as a, as a third centre half inside there to be that deep pivot player and Villa needed that last year and it just wasn't happening and Carter and Diego Carlos and Mings were okay with that somebody coming back into the middle there to be that extra person and maybe that allowed our um one of our full backs to go that that bit, bit far forward but like you Paddy I think of all the players that I was kind of like okay I need to see a leash put on this person was Ken Kessler Hayden uh, for me um as well mm-hmm. so um it's it's a really interesting one, but Finazaz, you you mentioned Finazaz. I was actually impressed, and someone messaged me on Twitter, and they said that they're getting Garrett Barry, Garrett Barry over th- well, Garrett Barry vibes was what they said they were getting off him, and I'm going, yeah, Garrett Barry over thirty vibes was what I was thinking as well because he just <laughs> he stood in yeah. there in midfield, his positioning was excellent, excellent positioning midfield, and he was just that he was just that um that that stereotypical continuity player, and you know what. That's not that's not a bad thing to have either inside there. Somebody who just doesn't get out, get caught out of position and can just keep that ball moving with ten with eight to ten yard passes all the time. I was quite happy with him. Now I'd love to see yeah. him carry the ball forward and ping one in from twenty yards. That's what I, I was thinking. But if we were playing a four two three one, which I think we were, he did that that uh, job as the as one of the two really really well. Yeah, and look, he he was relaxed, composed uh, in in a fairly. Congested area, you'd call it, I suppose, because they they were dropped a bit deeper. Um, I, I like the look of him. I like the color of his jib. I would like to see him get forty five minutes against either Leeds or Man U to see to see how he is. And and you know, I think they're I think they're lining up for that. I think they will give him an opportunity, and they'll they'll make a decision on his future fairly fairly much after that. Looking forward then to the to up the field, you know, we did as I say four two three one. I'm I will take some. I'll take a lot of convincing that we didn't play four two three one today. A lot of convincing, um, from anybody out there, uh, because it very much looked like Amaral Gazi was playing in the middle, and you had Leon Bailey on the left, Bertrand Troy on the right, and I must say, for the first forty five minutes, 
there, there was a lot of that 45 minutes, Leon Bailey was unplayable for those guys. And, I, and you know, you could see it. He had that little bit of magic in his feet. He hugged the touchline. I thought he was good out there. And I thought he actually got stuck into a couple of tackles. Um, now, he goes down like a ton of bricks when he gets tackled himself. But uh, I thought he played well. And look, his goal was a good finish. It was just a kick really hard goal. But um, it was a good finish. For, and, and he had one or two more times when he got sighters, he cut in his right foot and had shots. But it was something we asked, asked in the at the start of the game that Leon Bailey needs a good game. And do you think that he's definitely got something to build on from there? Yes, absolutely. I was delighted to see him really put himself about. Uh, he looked like a fellow that was trying to make an impression. And I think that's the way he needs to be throughout the whole of preseason. Um, I'm really, really pinning my hopes on him this season, being like a new signer. So... That's why I spoke about him so much in the team sheet tantrum, and uh, he didn't disappoint. Yeah, I thought I thought bit, I thought Amor Algazi had a nice sight or, or two on goal. I thought he was unlucky. Like the goalkeeper, goalkeeper in the first half for Walton certainly wasn't as confident as the goalkeeper in the second half for Walton. <laughs> the goalkeeper in the first half made a couple of good saves. One from two from Algazi, if I'm not mistaken. One from Traore and and uh, one from was it Bailey a different goalkeeper? I think it was. Did they not mention it was a different goalkeeper? Well, if it wasn't, he definitely had a different mindset. Maybe he didn't like playing into the sun <laughs> or something yeah, like yeah. that. But um, I thought Traore was quite good. I, I, I liked... Now, look, once again, we haven't seen a lot of him, but there were times there when he when the ball just came to him and you just see he's got Velcro on his feet from time to time. But mm. And he does have that Maverick style. And I kind of missed that. I thought last year, sometimes we were a bit too rigid. We were a very rigid team for times last year. It was like, we were like that old game of, of that old football game that you used to have. And you had these things that used to turn and used to be, have to push fellas up and down the field and you turn them to kind of whack a ball. And I thought we were very much like that. We could only run in straight lines at times last season. And someone like Bertrand Troy doesn't even know what he's going to do from second to second. So um, look, albeit we were against a League Two team. Um, he acquitted himself pretty well today. But I think the one thing for me as well, Paddy, we, we were texting first 25 minutes, first 30 minutes. Where the hell is Cameron Archer? He hasn't had a sniff of the ball. They've dealt to him really well. And then all of a sudden, Little Weapon himself picks up the ball on the, on, on the halfway line and goes full Michael Owen. But the, the finish, like the second he kicks that ball, the second he kicks that ball to finish it, you're like, well done, kid. Great goal. Whereas the second Ollie Watkins kicks a ball to finish it like that, you're kind of going, it's bobbling. It's bobbling. Is it going to go past the post? Where is it going to go? Is it going to hit the yeah. goalkeeper? You just That's knew he exactly was going it. to finish it. Yeah. So, to me, he's a natural-born finisher, without a shadow of a doubt. Um, I wasn't criticising him when I said he was missing an action. No, neither um, was I. He was just stifled in there. There was no room for him. There was no getting the ball to him. They were sitting very deep. It was very hard to open them up. Um, I would have liked to see him play with him, Buendia, because Buendia was finding those spaces in the second half. But what a finish. Uh, Louis Barry, Michael Owen-esque, as you say. Um, and you just, the minute you saw him break clear the defender, you, you knew he was going, the net was going to bulge. And yeah, super finish. Um, and we saw Ollie Watkins get into a similar situation in the second half. Yeah. And just just didn't happen. Keeper come out and smothered it. So I I truly believe they're going to keep this fellow around the first team as long as they can. If he's not, if he's not progressing to the level, I think we might see him go out early September. But I'd say leave him in there. I, I think he could be a really valuable asset as the season goes on. If we're playing somebody like they did today when we eventually brought them out of their shell and they defended high up the pitch, you just see how he can punish people. He really can. And the great thing about having a player like that is, you know, there are there are strikers that need a couple of sighters a goal. 
You know, I'd arguably say Robbie Keane was a striker like that that might have needed an early sighter on goal. To, uh, but he would go on to score goals. And he mm. was a great goal scorer. Like, he scored however many international goals and throughout, through, through his club career, scored for every team he played for. Um, definitely the best Irish striker there ever was. But um, Cameron Archer, like, and Cameron Archer doesn't need a sighter. And the thing about this is, this is where fellas like Solskjaer, when Solskjaer used to come off the bench for United, could be one touch goal kind of a thing. And then he could have three touches in, in the second half and have two goals. There was often times where that mm. was the case. And they don't grow on trees. You know, finishers like that don't grow on trees. So even if we do keep him around, he only gets 15 minutes. He might, in those 15 minutes, he might touch the ball once, he might score. Whereas yeah. Ollie Watkins needs to get a lot of touches in the ball. Danny Ings showed today he needs to get a lot of touches in the ball. And Danny Ings and Watkins need to come from wide. They need to manufacture their space. Whereas Cameron Archer just needs to get the ball. And I think that was the biggest problem today is he didn't get the ball and he couldn't have any snapshots. So, interesting. Really interesting to see what they do with him. Let's flip it over into the second half, Paddy. Uh, stayed with the same goalkeeper because we had no one on the bench. And then they, they, they rattled through the changes. Josh Feeney got his, got his run out. Really physically impressive, impressive looking man. Like yeah. we talked about Ken Kessler Hayden in the first half. He looks childish when he's on the field from a, from a stature and body <laughs> shape point of view. Um, couple of couple of barrels of Guinness over in over in Australia bulk him up a small bit, mightn't go astray. But fellas like Ben Crescent and Crescent and uh, Josh Feeney, they look there, you know, from a physical point of view, naturally kind of bulky. And uh, and he didn't look out of place when he was there at all. No, he did miss a sitter. Um, and we'll probably get onto that in a moment. But uh, second half, Paddy, who do you think was the stand standout players? Because we went with a bit more flair up top, I think. Yeah, and, and look, I, I mentioned him already. I thought Emi Buendia was brilliant. He just yeah. he just does his class. His true balls are magnificent. Um, and that's I, I'm really looking forward to seeing him hooking up with Archer at some stage because I think Archer giving them chances will result in goals without a shadow of a doubt. So for me, he stood out. I joked and called him a trialist at one stage because he had no number on his back. <laughs> I think that was the joke of the day. So many trialists going on and off. Um, but look, it's it 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 was a it was a canter in the second half. I thought I thought we could have won by more, but uh, yeah, there there's, there wasn't any real standout things to talk about in the second half, other than uh, what let me down was the Ashley Young playing at right back and nearly causing us to to cough up that clean sheet at the end. Why oh why you're not attacking that ball and, and drilling it out into Rose Ed is beyond me, but uh, I just I just don't think playing at right back suits him. Playing left back doesn't either, but um, where, where <laughs> Fred, like the the big question there is, you know, of course, Freddie Gilbert. Yes, back, and we 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 know, we, dis we discussed is, that, yeah. and it's, it's blatantly obvious that if Freddie Gilbert is fit, that he's not staying in the building, definitely not, because surely he's out there today when we're shorter right backs instead of playing Ashley Young. Look, I, I hate giving out about Ashley Young. When he was with us before, he was yeah. a great servant. He was a great servant last year. He's obviously great to have around the place, but I just, I just don't fancy him as a fullback at all. I just think anything is likely to happen, which we saw against a League Two team today. That's poor decision making. The ball is dropping in the six yard box, and you're trying to play the ball. I, I, I honestly don't know what he was doing. Hmm. Moving on to midfield. I loved Douglas Louise, not just because of the corner. Look, and we'll get onto that in a moment because he 100% meant it. Um, but uh, when we get it, I love Douglas Louise today. And that Douglas Louise that we saw today, albeit against lesser lesser opposition he played last year, and that's no offense to Walsall, 
he did what I wanted him to do last season and he didn't do this. And all the heat maps show this out. He did not do this. His position, his average position maps do not show that he did this last season. And that's come back into the back to back to the former back three to be the deep pivot. And I thought he was excellent at that in the second half today. I thought he was brilliant at it. Yeah. I thought the two guys were really comfortable with him doing that. Now, I did notice as well, Paddy, a continuation from last season. Callum Chambers seemed to be somebody who didn't shut up for the second half. And that is great to have because it looked like he was pointing, he was directing, he didn't get in the ball an awful lot, um, mm. obviously, because well, he a couple of times he, he, he did, but he just played the simple ball. But I think that that kind of organisation is great to have. And I think maybe that's why he was utilised in the second half alongside Josh Feeney, because he, he is a talker. Um, the two fullbacks, uh, we mentioned Ashley Young and we mentioned uh, Ben Crescene. But moving on into midfield, Sanson was good. I thought Sanson was good today. Yep. And I think that, you know, I think that we're probably going to come to a situation whereby if the money isn't right for us, we may not see him go out. Um, and, and Because I thought that if he was going to be gone, he'd be gone before we went to Australia. Uh, but he's not gone as mm. of yet. And Galatasaray don't seem to be plump, plumping up money and are after buying or are after getting money for a centre half now. So maybe it's put up a shut up time for them um, as the week goes on. But, you know, Morgan Sanson, I thought, played pretty well today. I thought he was all over the place. I thought, from a point of view of he, he you know, he, he was very industrious. Um, How did you find the two of those lads went, Paddy? Yeah, absolutely fine with me. No complaints either way. Um. We, we know that there's a, a decent player in there with Morgan Sanson and I'd love to see him get a run of games where he can show what he can do. Um, will he get that? I don't know with, with the likes of uh, McGinn and Ramsey to come back in there. He might get it in the first game in Australia while the lads come up to speed. Mm. So uh, I, I, I hope that they if, if they're going to bring him to Australia that they do give him that time. In front of those guys, though, then there was Emmy Wendy, as we mentioned, who I thought was just scintillating, I think, as well. Yeah. And that's the word I wanted to use because uh, it's a nice word. But he, I thought he was brilliant. He had Tommy O'Reilly. And uh, then you had Ollie Watkins playing wide left uh, in a more wider left role with, with Danny Ings up front on his own. And that's why I think it's going to take some convincing for, for anyone to tell me that we were playing a 4-3-3 four, a four, three, three, because it was most definitely in both halves, 4-2-3-1. Whether that was because of the personnel available or whether that's because there's been a shift in mindset um, and plus the players that we have. And me personally, I think the players that we have fit a 4-2-3-1 immeasurably better than, than they would fit a 4-3-3. Uh, sorry, well, not a measure it would be better than a 4-3-3, but they fit it better than a 4-3-3, okay? I don't mind if we play a 4-3-3, depending on who we put in the field, but I think if we put our best 11 out, I think we we have uh, a fantastic shot, a, a better shot at getting our best 11 in a 4-2-3-1, but that's for a pod for another day after after um, after the preseason pans out and see who we have. But mm -hmm. I thought Tommy O'Reilly was bright for the first 10 minutes or so, and then there was a lot of running around going on, um, because I think the game did kind of devolve into a small little bit of a, Okay, we don't want to absolutely trash Walsall, and Walsall yeah. were getting leggy. I thought very much from maybe about sixty minutes onwards. Mm. Yeah, we we were we were just stroking the ball around at times and basically just teasing them a little bit because the last thing you want to do is is go out and annihilate a team either. It's not it's no good for them, definitely not. And you know the the, the sole purpose of today is to get minutes in the legs. Yeah. And we saw a good few players get forty-five minutes, which which was great. Um, I like Tommy O'Reilly when he came on. I thought I thought he looked good, as you say, it fizzled out. But um, it was just it was a little bit disjointed as as uh, Walsall started to 
um, retreat into their shell. Um, Ollie Watkins wasn't getting wide. He was kind of inside left as opposed to a, a winger. Um, so, yeah, it was it was just a bit congested. Uh, Emmy Buendia is just uh, one of the, the word I love to exquisite. use. <laughs> exquisite. Um, he he just it, this this is going to be his year. I really I really think he is. I just. You're asking your question now. Where if we go four two three one, where are all these players going to fit in? You know, I'll, t- I'll tell you. When Dia when Dia played played wide right coming in left, mm. coming into the left as like you know as a, as a wide ten. Coutinho for Liverpool played as a wide ten from the left hand side. You know, so there you go. And then if, yeah. like there's there's opportunities to play Jam McGinn as that ten up there as as the central ten. There's opportunities to play other players in there. Maybe Leon Bailey goes out. Maybe yeah. when Dio goes in. Yeah. There's, there's guys that you can play there and then you've got your three rotations of centre forwards plus yeah. I also like I, I just get excited when I think of 4-2-3-1 as our best formation but as yeah. I say I, guess, uh, I get the impression he's um he's, he really likes Burton Triori and he likes the little bit of right. uh, unpredictability about him so he's spoken about that in the past at the end of last season and he gave, he gave him the chances when he was fit so um, I just want everybody to get up to the full pace and uh Give, give us a good start to this season because I think that's the most important thing. Yeah. Um, the two goals we got in the second half, I actually can't, I can just about remember Ali Watkins' goal, but I remember, what I remember more about it was the ball from Tommy O'Reilly. He gave a pretty decent ball into Ali Watkins. Ali Watkins slots it away early in the second half. So I'm not mm-hmm. going to really dwell on that because I personally don't remember a whole pile about that goal other than the Tommy, <laughs> the Tommy O'Reilly great goal. To, great touch by Tommy ball. O'Reilly, uh, yeah. fairness, absolutely. Um, and finish fairly straightforward finish in the end, I suppose, without without trying to downplay what he did. He scored a goal, and that's the doesn't matter how they go in once they go in, as we found out with the fourth one. The fourth one, then, of course, I said, I'd leave you do that because your idol, mine is Paul McGrath, yours is Steve Staunton, and your idol did that um, all those years ago at Fraston Villa. So uh, I'll let you take that one away and talk about the technique and how he absolutely meant it. Well, it did look like he was going to put the, the goalkeeper under pressure because uh, because of the the very, like I used to take corners and the the guys who played with me used to say they they could tell exactly where it was going by where my eyes went just before I I took the ball. So if the keeper's off his line, you do put it in there, especially if you feel he's a bit dodgy. You do it, you put it in there, and with it, with big guys in there, they're, they're going to challenge it. But it looked to me that he went to in swing it and put him under pressure. Um, I don't think he anticipated that there was nobody around him and he fumbled the ball into the net, unfortunately for him. But it's uh, it's not one we'll be talking about for, for a long time, but a goal is a goal. Yeah. If he can do it, if he can do a first day of the season in the, um, what's it called? The Vitality, Vitality. The Vitality. I wasn't sure what it was still the Vitality. Yeah, because I remember it used to piss me off with that dog running across the the board, the advertising boards. Whenever you went to, whenever <laughs> Bournemouth were in the in in the Premier League, you see that dog running across, and really annoying when you're watching the game. But uh, yeah, if you can do it that day, first day of the season, well then yeah, we'll we'll say that it's it's an Aston McPhee masterclass. That's what we'll say uh, if if that turns out. I think on all Paddy, good run out, no injuries as you say, which is fantastic. A lot of young players that we have been talking about for the last two years, kind of coming on, showing showing themselves well. As I said, we said a couple of things about Ken Kessler Hayden. Don't get us wrong, we still think he's primed to have an absolutely mad season and to be an absolutely star, a great starlet within the club. 
um, Ben Chris Ben Chrisene, who I've changed the pronunciation of pronunciation of his name about four times. And you know what? I can't remember how Reg, how, how Mark Regan was pronouncing his name in the commentary either. I think it was Chrisene. He said he was saying Chrisene. Yeah, I am reliably informed it's Chrisene, so I'm going to stick with Chrisene for now. Well. Mark Regan is, is is my man, so I'm going to stick with him. Um, so we'll we, the the debate rolls on. I thought that he looked every inch of Premier League player from a stature point of view and how he carried the ball forward. Um, as I say, Finn is as I was impressed with him. Um, I I wasn't sure whether he would play that role because he didn't really play that role for uh, Newport. Well, he did, but he was more of a ball carrying midfielder who mm. brought it forward for for Newport. So. Delighted, delighted with that run out. And we have Leeds on the 17th of July early game, uh, 5.35, I think they said. I will be getting ready for an All-Ireland final on that day. Limerick will be playing in the All-Ireland final. So I could very well be awake at that time. I could also very well be just getting to sleep at that time. One or the two, depending on what I decide to do on the Saturday night. If I go to Dublin for a night in the piss, well, I could just be going to sleep. And that could be an interesting team sheet tension for sure at four. <laughs> 25 in the morning and me full to the brim of Dublin's best whiskey. So, uh, yeah, that one could be one set your alarms for. But um, well, I, I am I, going I, to I can assure you that I will not be watching. Won't. I will not be watching that game live. I will not be watching the team sheet tantrum as I, I head off on a holiday that I absolutely need every minute of sleep there when I'm on it. <laughs> so I'm not getting up at half five. That is why I bought my Villa membership today in order to watch that game later in the day yeah. where I'm perhaps sitting beside the pool with a cold beer with my earphones in and that's just heaven to me than getting up at half five in the morning. Absolutely. Uh, hate you. Um, <laughs> yeah. 4-0 against Walter. It could have been 5-0. Danny Ings had one ruled out. I think they felt soft in the goalkeeper, although he was ploughed into. But it could have been 5-0. 4-0 run out. As I say, back against Leeds on the 17th of July. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. I don't know if anybody's getting ready to watch the Formula One sprint race, but I certainly am. Have a great rest of your day, everybody. Enjoy. And uh, yeah, this is the start of a new season with Aston Villa. We're going to try and be with you every single step of the way. So if you haven't given us a thumbs up in this video, please do. If you don't already subscribe to the podcast, please do as well. I have an audio one coming out tomorrow. Please, please, please subscribe to the audio stuff. I will pop it up onto YouTube at a later date, but I need to put it out on audio tomorrow. And it's something that I would like everybody to get to listen to because it's about the academy. Academy. So uh, if you aren't already subscribed on YouTube, on uh, Spotify, any of those, cost you nothing to do it. Just click on subscribe and you'll get the automatic download of it once it does come out. Thanks a million, everybody. Been a fantastic day. Enjoy the rest of your Saturday. And all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa. Podcast Network.